it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 4.1 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In the first season of the podcast, we interviewed players and coaches to tell the story of the 2017-2018 season as IW Hoops traded the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. While the season culminated in a national championship, the real story was the growth in the lives of the men in the program. Coach Tonegal's coaching philosophy resonated with coaches across the country, leading to tens of thousands of podcast downloads and countless conversations with leaders from all contexts who share in the hunger to trade the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Today's episode will begin to explore the topic of identity. It's an area that every player, coach, and leader struggles with at some level. In the first half, Coach Tonegal will come on and share about why identity was so important for this team going into the new year, and how important it is to have an identity of three, where God is first, others are second, and I am third. In the second half, our three seniors will come on and share about a low point in their careers when they misplaced their true identity, and how it stole joy from the game and limited their performance. We're joined by Coach Greg Tonegal, and Coach, this is the second year that we've taking listeners inside the locker room as as our program pursues the I am third life. This podcast is is designed around this idea of pursuit. What do you think we mean by pursuit and why is that so important in our program? Well, I think um, we're all chasing something and especially as as type A or or driven competitive people, we're going to aim our our ambition, our 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 time, our talent at something. And I think what we've learned is when that is misplaced, we often end up um, unsatisfied. We, we end up um, even less successful, as we've talked about. So if we can aim it in a God first, other people second, what we end up with is, I think, a new transformation each and every season. And this God first, other second is I am third. And listeners who were following along with our first season know all about that. But we're really going to be talking about identity and how we try to root our identity in I am third. Let's go back to what you said about this world, the world of college basketball, a lot of different worlds that are led by people who are competitive and driven. What do you think the primary pursuit is in a lot of those professions, and what do you think those people are missing? Well, I can I can just speak, I think, personally, that it's easy to aim everything I have into performance. And I think that's that's a lot of people. Like, we are driven people, and we, we like accomplishments. We like the affirmation that comes by that. And so we point our lives at performance, and we hope through that performance we arrive at an identity. But as you and I have been talking about, and I think we've seen with our team, if we can flip that, which Jesus tends to flip a lot of things that the world does, and he says, let's start with identity, who you are, who I've created you to be, and let that drive your performance. What we've seen is that unlock incredible potential inside of our people. And let's just go back to different times in your own journey when you have been pursuing performance first and you found your identity in performance. What do you think that limited in terms of who you were becoming? 
Well, I think it, it, it led to burnout. You know, I look at times just as an athlete um, where I, I remember going to my dad and saying, I'm not even sure I like basketball anymore. And the reality is that it's not basketball I didn't like. I didn't like chasing performance and never measuring up. Because the reality is this, whatever performance level you obtain, you get there and it's not enough. Because we weren't wired to receive affirmation by people. We were wired to to reflect God's goodness in our lives and, and to bear his image. And and I just seen it in myself, and I've seen it with players too. A lot of times when you're chasing that performance, it burns you out, and then you wonder, man, is this what I'm called to do? Let's flip that then, and let's go to those times when – you really have found your identity in the I am third life. What is that unlocked inside of you that it's taken you to another level? Man, I, it's passion. It's excitement. It's, uh, it's just kind of a renewed sense of here's my calling. Uh, when, when my identity is anchored in who Christ says I am and not who the world says I am, whether I uh, hit the winning shot or whether I miss the game winner, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm steady. I understand you know what I'm supposed to do and life becomes so much more about what I'm doing or not doing and more about who I'm becoming. You know, we've, we've talked about this a little bit with the box versus the line. It's, you know, basketball seasons. I think coaches understand seasons are more about journeys. It's more about progress. Than it is perfection. But why is it so hard when it comes to our spiritual lives? We can't apply that same principle. So let's go back to that box first line. Take listeners inside who, who haven't listened. They can go back to season one and, and listen more in depth, but briefly describe that concept and why it's become so important. You know, it's just a concept we took to our guys and, and we said, okay, let's imagine spiritual growth or, or let's say spiritual maturity as a box or a line. We tend to look at it one of two ways. For some of us, it's a box, meaning we judge and measure ourselves or our maturity based upon the things we are doing or not doing. We're either doing things that are in the box or we're not doing things and therefore we are outside of the box. But that tends to stun our growth and it limits our potential in Christ. But what if instead we looked at the journey with Christ, our spiritual maturity as a line, and when we messed up, it wasn't I'm in or out. Hey, I'm still on the line, and am I moving forward? And, and it gave our guys a sense of freedom to express themselves and, and really to come, I think, with some vulnerability and just say, hey, look, I'm on the line. I may not be where you want me to be, but I'm moving forward. And they never felt like they were in or out. They didn't feel like they couldn't be honest with us. And as we begin to kind of project this um, just just way of thinking about spiritual growth over our guys, I think it unlocked um, a lot of new growth for them. It's been so fun to watch that in the lives of our players. But let's just go back to coaching because last year we produced a podcast that was listened to by many people about this concept. And many may assume, oh, we've arrived and we have it figured out. But then even going through this season – that's a constant fight and battle to root identity in the I am third life. Why do you think it is that we have to keep fighting for that rather than we arrive at knowing exactly where identity is and then living out of that forever? Well, it's that, it's that, that difficulty of uh, being of the world but not – or being in the world but not of the world. And so we live in this world. We live in this uh, current that is going one way that says you are all about what you do. And somebody put it to me this way one time. They, we, we were created to be human – beings, but somehow we become human doers. And so we're constantly measuring and evaluating ourselves based upon what we do. And uh, as you've, you've alluded to before, some of our, our greatest abilities kind of become our weaknesses. So yes, we, we are great at doing things. We're high achievers. 
but we can't allow that achievement to dictate our identity. And as human beings, that's a struggle. I mean, that's, that's something every year I go into the season and I say, okay, I'm going to let go. I'm going to be free from what everybody else says about me, my own coaching record. And then you lose your first game and it's like, what am I doing? Am I called to be a coach? Am, am I good at what I do? And I begin to question all these things. And these are all the voices that I think we're learning to drown out and to listen to that one clear voice of who Jesus says we are. And as a leader of the program, how have you seen your players reflect where you're at in that journey? So when you find your identity in the right place, do you see that naturally manifest through the program? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think we've seen our guys go to a new level of freedom. Uh, it's, it's, it's become part of what we see now as, as fearless. Um, fearless, like I am third, I think every year takes on new, new and deeper meanings. And to see our guys play in complete freedom from – either the affirmation of their parents, their friends, and even us. I mean, that's the tricky part of coaching. How do we coach our guys with high expectations, but yet at the same time, how do they remain free from our expectations of being perfect? I, I don't want to lay that over my guys. That's a heavy burden. I want them to be able to go out, play their hardest, be able to make mistakes, but yet not derive any identity from that performance while they're on the court. And we've seen that. We saw that with Trevor Waite. I mean, Trevor played in complete freedom this year, and he'll tell you, probably never had more fun in his life. So speaking of Trevor, let's just talk about the senior leadership because in the second half, the seniors are going to come on and talk about identity and maybe times in their life when they were rooted in a performance-based identity. We're at the beginning of the season. And last year, those who listened in heard the story of Ben Carlson and Jacob Johnson, the level that they led at. And there's a tendency for a leader to look at what's gone before and just try to copy that. But we had an entirely different class of seniors coming in there was some uncertainty because you never know how they're going to step into those roles and if they're going to be able to lead the team at a high level both on and off the court. When we go back to April and May of last year, how were you processing where the seniors were at and how you could position them well to lead from their giftings? Man, that's a great question. And uh, that's where we're at now with this senior class. And I think part of it is just to create space to think about the seniors to ask God how these guys are wired, how did he create them specifically, and then how can those gifts be best utilized for our team. And each one of them uh, was a unique personality. Each one of them kind of had their own giftings. But together, uh, they kind of had their own heartbeat for this team. And I remember asking more questions with those guys, asking them, I think one of them that I can remember was, you know, what's your dream for this team? Sometimes it's easy as a coach to think that it's my dream that needs to be laid over these guys or made known. But at the end of the day, I want their dreams over their own teammates. And to give them that space and freedom to lead into opened up some opportunities for them. And we're going to be following all year along with their growth and the, the way they impacted people below, below them. But last thing, Coach, speak to the leader of the coach who is trying to lead others who are leaders and, and really wants them to flourish in their leadership rather than just try to control them. What would be the first step to advance along that? Well, I think it's, it's, it's asking the question, really, how, how am I going to know if I'm successful? And, and we've tried to redirect that answer to, one, based upon my own performance, to based upon the uh, success of others. And we ask our guys this at the end of the year. We bring them in. We say, okay, you're going to be measured on one thing. How have others around you grown? So what you do is you end up spending your time thinking about how do they flourish, how to position them to succeed rather than my own success. And if I can build that in to become the default thinking, then I become a leader who's constantly empowering other people. 
And a lot, lot of the pursuit of this season, we're going to hear about how the three seniors really impacted those around and led to their success. But when we come back, we're going to go to a low point in each of their career and and hear where they were at and what they were thinking and maybe how it set them up for success in this season. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture and a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined now by three seniors, Trevor Waite, Joel Okafer, and Evan Maxwell. And these are going to be three guys we hear about all season long because of the impact they had on the locker room. And in this first episode, we're moving into the start of the season. But I want to rewind with you first, Trevor. Go back to your junior year. Uh, Coach Tongle talked about identity and what it means to play with an identity of I am third. And that's the, the focus of this entire season. So let's go back to your junior year. I remember a, a meeting early in the season when you stood up and talk, talked about identity. Take us back to that moment. Yeah, so it's kind of funny how God works. Um, I remember it was maybe the first week of preseason, and I stood up in front of the guys and just said, look, guys, I've got to figure it out. I've got my identity on this team. And I thought that I knew it. Like, with guys that were in my position, I think three or four of them graduated the year before. I was pretty sure I was going to start. Um, and I just said, I think I've got my identity down. Um, and sure enough, throughout the year, I didn't. And it, it showed. And my identity, um, it changed. And I, I just didn't know where to put my identity. So that year started, in one of our first games, you had your career high against the number one ranked team, and we won. But over the course of the season, things went a different direction. Yeah. And maybe some was your fault, maybe some was other people's fault. But regardless, in those moments, those low moments, we often have to do some seeking in terms of where we're placing our identity. So what happened internally for you during that time? There was a lot of doubt that I faced. Um, am I good enough to be on the team? Why am I not playing? Um, you know, Am I helping the team? Am I hurting the team? Um, and it honestly just sucked a lot of joy out of the whole year for me. Um, I remember the national championship game we won, and that's supposed to be the feeling like none other, and I just felt terrible, honestly, um, and a lot of that is because my identity, my identity was in just how I was doing, how I was feeling, and um, not the team, I guess. And this is a constant battle, I think, that we continually face maybe our whole lives, uh, as competitors. So let's just go forward over those next couple months. So we win the championship. It doesn't finish the way you were hoping it would for you personally. And that led to doubt, as you said. Take us up to this point in May. And in, in this podcast right now, we're leading into everybody coming back in June. And that's what really kickstarts our entire year is when everyone gets here in June. But 
as a potential senior leader, you were on the fence. So take us from the end of the season to May. What was going through your mind and where you landed? Yeah, so from the time that we got home from um, Sioux Falls to this point in May where I met with the coaches, um, I had a lot of difficult conversations with people that are um, in the program, with my family members, with my fiance, just a ton of really tough conversations and a lot of seeking guidance from the Lord. Um, I was really, really uh, deep in my prayer life at that point because I was just suffering and I needed help. Um, and so going into um, one of the one day in May where I arranged a meeting with the coaches, um, I just basically, they just said, what do you, like, what do you want us, um, how, how can we make your senior season what you want it to be? So, so you're really wrestling through some things. And I remember as a yeah. coaching staff, we weren't sure if you were going to play or not. Yeah. And it, we had a couple conversations, but ultimately there was one final meeting where you were going to come in and state your intention for what you would hope to happen. And at that point, we weren't even 100% sure you'd be on the team, but you came with a very specific message to us as a coaching staff. What did you come to? Yeah, so I just came in, and after a lot of prayer and uh, conversation, like I said, my decision was basically I'm going to stick it out, and I'm going to make my senior year the year to remember, but I'm going to do it with a completely different mindset as I did my junior year and even the years before. Um, and that mindset was don't worry about um, – how I'm playing on the court, but worry about the impact that I'm having on my teammates and the impact that I'm leaving um, on the program. And it was a powerful moment for us as coaches because we saw who you truly were come out. And when at the end of the day, we can wrestle with doubt, uh, we can struggle through things, but you looked us straight in the eye and said, I only want to play if all that matters is the impact I make on my teammates. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about playing time. I don't want to talk about shooting percentage. I want to focus on that my entire senior year. And Looking back now to see the way that came to life and the way you played the best you've ever played, it's, it was a learning experience for us as coaches. And it kind of takes me back, Joel, to you. Your sophomore year when you first transferred in here, there was a tough transition for you at time. Yeah. Let's go back to that moment because, again, you you left as a a player who left a deep impact on the court. But it wasn't all mountaintop experiences. You had a very, very dark point while you were here where you were really wrestling through some things as well. Yeah, so um... – you know, just playing the game of basketball uh, since I've been here in the United States. Uh, just I've been around a lot of uh, environment where my, my performance is, you know, the way people look at you, just the way you perform, uh, how good you perform. Um, and coming here, I really struggled with that because I was, I was, you know, thinking that's the way these coaches will view me. Uh, and that really made me uh, timid and just really made me not play freely. And, uh, I, you know, I, I got to a point where, you know, I wasn't playing, hit a really dark spot, um, spot of my life, like you said. And uh, and that's just because I was focusing on myself. Um, and by the time I started giving out positive energy and just um, coming into practice, uh, not thinking about myself, and it, it has a lot to do with God, putting God first. Because without me, before I can put others first, I have to first put God first before I can put others before me. So... Uh, I thought just really seeking God in those moments and just, you know, asking him to just to show me what it means to be able to put people first and just play. 
for people and not not for me or not for the way I, I you know that I want to perform and things starting to unlock for me and just starting to you know just happen even without me knowing uh, and just the little things and um, ever since then it's been different uh, knowing every time I step on the floor I'm not I'm not playing for for myself but I'm putting my body on mine for the guys next to me and the story was told uh, back in season one your sophomore year you scored two points in January and February yeah. and there was this moment where as coaches we saw something flip and you started winning every drill in practice and every round you got better and you got inserted in the lineup in the national tournament and led us to a final four and then this your junior year started the entire year and led us to a national championship and this year led us the entire year as a number one team deep into the to the national tournament and so much of it started when that switch flipped and uh evan i think you probably can resonate too your story was told as well in season one but but briefly go back to the time you're at kansas university and as your testimony goes that that was told in more detail in season one you started to seek an identity in something else other than in God, and you started to really pursue who you could become, maybe as an NBA player. What happened to you during that time? Uh, as I look back to that time, I just feel like every decision I was making was um, just because of basketball. And my feelings were determined by basketball. And um, my future was all about basketball. Everything I thought about, like who I was, really, like the word identity is the only way to put it. And my identity was in basketball. Um, and so obviously my situation there was a little different because I was a red shirt and wasn't playing. And so a certain side of what basketball gives you, like the stats and the film and all that stuff wasn't there. And um, so I just remember feeling super empty and trying to find um, joy and identity in other places, not intentionally, but just like feeling empty and just looking for it. And I mean, it was weird. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, so I, I had a relationship with Jesus. And I believe at that time I did have a relationship with Jesus. It was just like he was, or I guess he was always there, but I was somewhere else. And I knew it was him, but because I had put so much stock in this, in this one identity, that it was like I had dug such a deep hole that it would, have it would take way too much to get out. And one of the things that we really saw from you, you know, coming in here and being a two-time All-American and winning the games you did and maybe doing things on the court that we didn't know you had when you got here, again, was how as you put your identity more firmly in Christ, you went to another level. So we're going to hear about this the entire season long, but I just want to finish uh, with just two simple questions for you guys, just having gone through this experience where you guys all just shared some of the low points in your career. When you're putting your identity solely in your performance, how does it limit your potential? Yeah, I guess I'll start. Kind of all three of our situations relate to this. Um, I would just say when you place your identity in worldly things, your identity is going to it's gonna falter. Like you're not going to be able to have a stable identity. But only when you place your identity in God will it really um, prosper and can you have growth. Uh, just kind of echo what Trevor said. Uh, just when you place your identity on performance or just anything uh, earthly, uh, those things are not permanent. Those things are just temporary. Uh, if, if you put your identity on God, uh, I mean, that that's something, not just for basketball, but just something that will just continue to flourish you the rest of your life. And just, just a good example, basketball, 
when you when you place your identity on just you know how well you want to perform or your stats or scoring and, and all that stuff, uh, you ended up not doing as well because you start to put more pressure on yourself and just and that makes you timid. Uh, but once you put your identity on God and then just how you want to bring energy to your teammates. Um, you just start to play, you know, outside of yourself, uh, and you start to pour in to other people. And I, th- I think the point you make there, Trevor's example as a junior illustrates that how when I, as a coach, put my identity in our win-loss record, as soon as we lose, I doubt what I'm doing, and I can't coach in the same freedom that I would otherwise. And it's the same thing as a player. And throughout this year, we're going to hear all of your stories come to life and, and how you guys all performed as the season went along, but also how that trickled down to the rest of the team as t- guys time and time again are going to talk about the impact you made on them as you led. But last thing, just as a sneak peek to, to what we're really going to learn about trying to find worship in a game like basketball or in whatever we do, what would you guys say about how finding an identity in I Am Third does to unlock potential in who you can become? Putting your identity in I am third and just pursuing that every day, it's hard um, to just say my identity is I am third and then all of a sudden, boom, every decision you make is there. Um, but continuing to pursue that every day will not only affect just that one area of your life, um, but it, it goes on to affect every area and aspect of your life with your relationships and everything else you do. So um, for me personally, pursuing basketball and only basketball led me nowhere. But as I learned to pursue I am three, then the whole thing, everything I wanted with basketball just came with it. Um, so yeah, all three of us, me, Joel, and Evan, we all kind of came to this point where our identity, our identity was placed in something that was temporary. Um, but when we truly placed our identity in Christ, uh, we were able to not only play fearlessly, uh, but we were able to love fearlessly, love our teammates fearlessly. Um, love our God fearlessly. So it's just a complete shift in a lifestyle once you place your identity in Christ. And we'll be hearing that in future episodes, this concept of fearlessness and why it's so important in our program. And a lot of it comes down to this passage where we hear that perfect love drives out all fear. So when we can love God perfectly and love others perfectly, then it drives out every fear and we're able to go to another level because of the freedom we have. On our next episode... You will hear from Coach Tonigal and Kyle Mangus in the first half on how the team started to build its new identity to begin the new year. And then from Trevor Harrell and Jonathan Panzo in the second half. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at iWoo Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.